everyone and welcome to Globalize Asia. Support for this podcast comes from Royal Beans Chocolates. Royal Beans is based out of Bangalore, India and specializes in Belgian chocolates infused with exciting flavors like masala chai, cappuccino, berry blast, walnut marble and many more. You can gift these special crafted chocolates to your loved ones in India by visiting their website www.royalbeans.in. Use the promotional code GLA10 to get 10% discount off your order. Thank you. Hi everyone and welcome to Globalization. Final episode of the three-part series on cybersecurity and also of 2018. In this episode we will cover future landscape of the security industry and learnings from some of the historical cyber threats. Also, some of the skill sets required in choosing cybersecurity and build a career path to help mitigate and tackle future cyber threats. So in this first episode of this very, very interesting series, we, we covered Gotham's journey into cybersecurity and it's quite clear that you had a very natural transition into yes. the area. You've had um, you've had some kind of exposure to security services, you've had the technical background and the yeah. skill set. But we also understand that over your career course, yeah. it has become an increasingly challenging environment on a global scale, on yeah. a global level. Um, but with challenges come opportunities as well. So I'm sure a lot of listeners would be wondering, hey, that sounds very exciting. I wonder if my skill set can offer into cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. If it can, then how would you encourage people? And, and what if, if, if a CV were to land on you for hiring, what would you look at in that CV? You know, I think, I think that's a great question because, uh, again, uh, as I shared with you in the first episode, my background was networking. Right? So my whole love for what I was doing started with networking, right? And I was playing a lot with networking gear. And then, of course, I got a chance to go play with security at Cisco. That's how security became an exciting piece of the puzzle, right? So there's no right or wrong answer, right? If you come from a, well, you need to have some kind of a computer science background or a computer engineering background or some kind of a networking background, right? Even if you don't have the computer science degree, that's fine. But if you have a networking background or information security background or information technology background, use that as a basis, to go apply for cybersecurity jobs because there's such a shortage of cybersecurity skill set right now that companies are open to getting you trained and skilled in cybersecurity. So uh, there's such a shortage right now, and I think I think that's the key for us to keep in mind that the world of cybersecurity is there. It's not a fad. It's mainstream. We live in that journey day in and day out as a consumer, as a corporate buyer, as a corporate user, and as a corporate seller. Right. So we live in that world day in and day out. So people are looking for the people with the right skill set. Not everybody has so many years of experience to come back and offer in the world of cybersecurity. Great, you know, if you have that, more power to you. But if you don't, but you have the right skill set from a, from a baseline standpoint, as I call it the baseline, networking, computer science, computer engineering, information technology. Risk. Risk, great point. You know, if you have done something with financial risk or cyber risk or some kind of a risk management you have done, go apply for these jobs and see if the companies are willing to get you trained. And when I say company, it can be vendors and it can be enterprises. They're looking for skill sets on either side. So uh, don't be shy. Don't look that you have to actually the barrier barrier to entry in this field looks very high. It's not that high. Uh, go apply for it and, you know, uh, and see what people come back with. You know, you will be surprised when people call in you for, for interviews and they're actually trying to basically hire you for your baseline skills and then go back and train you to become a cybersecurity expert or a subject matter expert. 
Well, thanks for the pep talk for a lot of people, a lot of <laughs> listeners who wanted to get into this. So, Gautam, I would like to get your view on uh, WannaCry ransom, uh, ransomware attack, which happened uh, almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. affected a lot of corporates. Almost, uh, if I can remember correctly, it was about a quarter of a million PCs got affected. Our NHS in UK got affected as mm-hmm. well. Uh, wh- I mean, what exactly happened from layman's point of view? Mm-hmm. Can you explain a little bit and how NSS Lab have done their analysis on it? Sure. So, uh, uh, well, ransomware was a pretty new term a year back, right? So when people heard for the first time that WannaCry has happened and ransomware happened, people came to life to understand that there's something outside of malware and exploits, which used to be the two keywords, or even APTs, maybe three keywords. People used to think APT, cybersecurity, exploit, cybersecurity, and then malware, cybersecurity. Now what is this ransomware, right? Is it like an adware or is it like something different, right? Mm. I think people actually came to life on ransomware when it actually locked your systems Mm. and you were not able to do anything. Now, all of a sudden, it wasn't something which is going to infect my system or I don't know about it and it needs to be cleaned up. It actually locked my system right there. So my productivity was put to a standstill by WannaCry, right? That's how people woke up to that, to say, oh, wow, it's asking me for some kind of a ransom right now. And they've encrypted all my files. So what happened with WannaCry was uh, they were infecting two systems. In layman's term, if you're running uh, the Windows XP machine from Microsoft or a Windows 7, those were the two systems which were targeted. Unfortunately, NHS had a lot of those running because of the old systems they were running. And a lot of other companies had the same thing too. So uh, not everybody's running a Windows 10 right now or not everybody's running a MacBook right now, mm-hmm. right? So people were, if you're running those two systems, they were actually getting targeted for those two systems. And what they did with that is they actually used an exploit code where uh, in, the, in the world of uh, networking, there's something called file shares. And then the protocol they use called SMB, right? From Microsoft SMB. And they actually use the SMB protocol to actually get the exploit code in and then impact this Windows XP and the Windows 7 system, they lock them up. When they got logged out, now you have been asked for a ransom through that WannaCry system, right? And then, you know, uh, that's where your financial loss, your IP loss, your data loss was all happening, right? And a few people actually paid, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but again, uh, the whole idea was it was pretty new. And there were companies which had products. Don't get me wrong. Uh, there were companies which had products. So from a WannaCry standpoint, what was really happening as I was sharing, uh, two different systems were getting logged and then people were asked for ransomware. And I think uh, many of the companies uh, must have paid for it. I'm pretty sure. But again, uh, the whole idea is, are there products in the market which can actually help you from ransomware? And uh, there were products, but people had no awareness about that. Right? So now again, that became a part of the overall journey to say, okay, now let's make sure that your product can protect me from malware, exploit, APT, and also ransomware. Right? So that became the whole journey with WannaCry and of course NHS and many other uh, enterprises were impacted mm. because of the systems they were running. And uh, there was another interesting bit which happened with the, with the ransomware. They started asking for Bitcoins. Right? The, whole, yeah. the whole idea of cryptocurrency and how people woke up to that coffee around cryptocurrency, it actually, that's how it started out that they started asking for ransomware in cryptocurrency, right, in Bitcoins. So as you can see, uh, there are these new ways of how people are looking to hack into your systems. Ransomware and WannaCry was one of them. Uh, another one was NoPetya. So you'll hear those names, right? NoPetya, WannaCry, these are all different ransomwares. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, there are different ways people lock your systems, different entry points to get into the systems. And then how do you escape from that is again back to how do I actually get to the right products? How do I know which product can really help me in this situation so I don't have loss of productivity and I can actually move on to get to my day-to-day jobs? Okay. Right? So there's a bigger macro-level issue to solve, sure. which is 
how did that ransomware enter my system for the, in the first place? And then the micro level issue to solve to say, let's get back to work. Yeah. Right? So those are the two aspects. So. So, so coming from obviously from NSS Labs point of view, you you see issues day in day out. You learn about them. How do you innovate? How do you keep you know ahead of the game? What is future, so to speak? How do you see future for cybersecurity? I'm a big believer in one thing, right? Whether it's NSS Labs or any company, information is power. It has to be data driven. I cannot make it subjective for you, right? It doesn't really matter whether it's a solution architect or a VP of information security or a CISO or a CTO or even a CEO. I think we live in a world where we are so consumed with all the subjectivity of cybersecurity that we are not actually looking at data, right? We are not looking. At, we are driven by activities, not outcomes. Let's go look into the outcomes. Let's make it very data-driven. If a CFO can come with financial uh, statements, income statements, and balance sheet, and they can actually tell me the health check of the company based on their statements, why can't a, a CISO or a CIO or a CRO come with their own cyber statements? Why can't I come back with the data to come back and show where do I stand from a risk standpoint? That's the future. That's the world we live in right now. There's so much data around me right now, right? How can I make it more consumable for you? Can you really consume the data and get the relevant information? Or do you have to go through a 50-page report uh, which nobody really wants to do it anymore, right? Like one of the things I can tell you that even the podcast we're doing right now, it's a great way for people to consume these things, right? Why can't we create a two-minute podcast for people to really understand that when WannaCry happened or ransomware happened, Here's what is happening. People want to know. I cannot read every news article in this world and everybody has their own story to tell. Give me a two-minute podcast to really understand what's really happening. Mm-hmm. So I think the journey we are on, making it data-driven, making it more factual, empirical, for me to be able to measure. In the world of uh, 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 corporate uh, world, we talk about something called KPIs, key performance indicators. Yeah. Where are my KPIs for cybersecurity? Right? Let's bring that together. That will make it much easier for us to hold each other accountable and they get on that journey together. Because right now, the, the playing field is not level. It's Apple versus Oranges comparison right now. And I think that's where we are. I have my own metrics. You have your own metrics. The third party has their own metrics. And how many metrics are you going to work with? Right? Mm-hmm. You need to get it on the same playing field. But you also mentioned data. But what about the volume of data you're handling? Let's say, for example, the Cambridge Analytica scandal in mm-hmm. India. Where do you even start when you have people enrolling in Aadhaar cards and and getting their data out. It's a big topic right now in India in terms of how much they're now exposed hmm. just by way of having an Aadhaar card. Great point. Let's hold the vendor accountable. Let's start with Cambridge Analytica. What really happened over there, right? Who are they working with, right? Who is impacted, right? First thing first, we never... Let's get the lay of the land. Let's get the state of the union. Who just got impacted because of Cambridge Analytica, right? Let's get... And once we know who got impacted, what level of data got impacted, right? I think that's the level of information we we actually live in a world of noise. How can you cut through that noise? That's the key for us because I think uh, day in and day out the world of Twitter and LinkedIn and like we see so much social around us mm. that we get consumed by that. We think that everything written on Google is the truth. It's not, right? Let's go get into that. Cut through the noise. Let's get to the real piece. See who got impacted. Cambridge Analytica uh, is no god. So if they were working with certain clients, what was the impact? And back to uh, Vatsala, your point. If there was data in India mm-hmm. on Aadhaar cards and PAN cards which got impacted. Was it the entire India, which is 1.2 billion or even more people right now? Or was it uh, just half of them or one-fourth of them who got impacted? And what got impacted? Mm-hmm. Right? And how did that data actually leak? What really happened? Getting to the source of that problem is also equally important mm-hmm. than just having information to get to a better place. And the key is that we should be open to the idea that it can be uh, breached. No, no system is... There is no, there's nothing called perfect security. Yeah. Right? There is nothing called perfect security. 
as you know, one of the uh, sayings in the world of cybersecurity is, you are spending zero dollars on security before the first breach happens, and then it's it's endless, it's yeah. limitless, right? Yeah. So it's the journey is the two extremes. I can spend nothing on securing my infrastructure, and that's zero dollars before I really see the first impact coming in, and then I have no idea when this is going to really end, mm-hmm. right? So to your point, you know, what's that? This paradigm can only be covered if I have the data to say what was I running. How well was I protected? Where do I stand right now? And then how do I get to the next place if I do A, B, and C? On that note, um, Gautam, it's been amazing chatting with you over the, you know, the three episodes uh, and completing the series of cybersecurity. And I'm sure there is a lot more to learn. Um, thank you once again for your time, um, Chief Marketing Officer from NSS Labs. No, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed listening to this episode. You can catch all upcoming episodes on the website globalize-asian.co.uk or via your iOS or Android devices. Also, if you wish to join us as a speaker and share your story, please do drop us a message via the contact form on the website.